0: What's up, Teabags? Unfortunately, this week's episode of the Terror Table ran into some technical difficulties. So, the audio quality isn't what we usually would like it to be. And unfortunately, we just straight up lost some of the ending. But instead of abandoning the episode altogether, we thought we'd still put it out anyway. Um, hope you can enjoy it for what it is. And I uh, catch you guys next week on the Terror Table.
1: What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Terror Table, a horror movie podcast presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Mitch, and with me, as always, I have you got Kyle and
0: uh, Long Island Boozy.
1: We got long. You're are you Long Island Boozy or Island Boozy?
0: I want to be Long Island because like it'll be a big island.
2: Okay. So okay. The, yeah. Check the bigger okay. the island, the the better the boy.
1: Exactly. Yeah. There we go. All right. Okay. Well, we are here this week to discuss the latest horror movies, all the horror movies that we've checked out recently, and uh, we're going to cap this thing off with a discussion on the Loved Ones, the Australian horror movie from 2009. Uh, so we will get into that in the main feature. But before we start talking about stuff, do you guys want to hear a word from our sponsors this week? I always want
0: to hear a word from our sponsor. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is supported by Connexus. Wellness, however you define it, is achievable. You don't even need to figure it all out yourself. Talk to Connexus. They'll give you guidance, motivation, and the push you need to reach your goals. They've got you. They're your financial partner, and they know you can achieve your very best. Your financial best. Prove them right. Start right at Connexus Credit Union.
1: All right, now let's uh, let's get into it. Who wants to go first? Who wants to get the horror discussion going here? Kyle,
0: we missed you last week. Tell us.
2: Yeah, you haven't been, been here like? for two weeks. I can imagine your notepad is just bursting right now. You guys are gonna be so stoked on what I have to bring to the table today. So I don't. I see both your faces, and you're kind of like on the edge of your seat. Hold tight. I'm here, and I'm here to tell you guys. I finished watching season three of You oh boy and i can report now on all of the nutty hijinks that goes on in that horror classic you season three available on netflix right now featuring gossip girl star Penn badgley Mm.
1: um yeah he was on something that wasn't gossip girl that he was famous for wasn't he i always get him and the clock Stalkers guy mixed up (laughs) fuck
2: I wish. I wish. Just another clock stopper show. I could have used more clock stoppers in U Season Three. U Season Three is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. I I I was in the minority on the show where I actually hated the first season. I think everybody liked the first season, <laughs> and then I kind of liked the show as it got more insane. Um, it makes absolutely no sense at this point. Um, any kind of like murder mystery or like true crime ish element that was maybe once in this show does not exist anymore it's it's really it's really off off the rails however the reason i want to bring it up and have brought it up because i did mention earlier i would say my final thoughts when i watched it finished watching it is that it actually has some really terrifying moments in it like there's some straight up like i guess like um uh how would i put it like home abduction type stuff in the in this series that is actually pretty good like there's some stuff in here that is like pretty pretty terrifying especially when it introduces some specific new characters into the show people have seen this season probably know what i'm talking about but if you're with me on this please 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 go watch you season three and tell me what you think of the last episode because i think that might go up with um twilight uh, breaking dawn part two is one of the most batshit insane things i've seen in cinema uh and yeah this is cinema you season three on netflix now Pat like a... and hillary duff sorry wait wait a second hillary duff is in it i don't know it's some other girl but she looks exactly like hillary duff so as far as i'm concerned it's time. h duff sorry
0: as far as you were concerned that was hillary duff and you were no one was going to tell you otherwise
2: yeah i was wearing stuff by duff the whole time and i was stoked um, so you're not talking about
1: whenever are you
2: sure i don't know she looks
1: like hillary duff okay well there's no one in the world who looks like hillary duff because she is one in a million scott speedman is in this show now what
2: yeah 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 Scott Speedman. Yeah. Um, no, no. i brought this I up know. actually last oh, time i talked about the show you, you exactly
0: need to too. give me the the saucy details here what what about it is because like i know what you're talking about with this finale it's, i've actually seen uh uh breaking dog
2: part two or whatever so
0: where are we going with it like i understand the reference here
2: okay so basically i'll put it this way i was actually shocked at where the show went for as like for as by the numbers in the way as like crazy the show becomes i i was surprised at the angle they decided to go with and it really just threw me for a loop and it I kept going from hating the show to loving the show. And basically on that last episode, I love this show. So I'm a, I'm a you Stan. I am now an official Netflix original series Stan. So if you guys want to know more about you, if you guys even want to like hit me up on your personal feelings on you season three, please feel free to do, do so. Um, I think you guys should watch this. Uh, This turnaround is is fantastic. I I think think I would for
1: sure like the first season. To me, the if first one was like stalking.
2: Then I'll love it. There's not as much stock. Well, wait, I shouldn't say that. There's definitely stalking. But the first season, I would describe it as uh, we get it. Um, the other seasons, it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. So, there it That's is. The most Valley three.
0: girl review of uh, two seasons of a show.
1: <laughs> yeah. All bird. right. So uh, season three of you. Kyle says, absolutely. Check it out. <laughs> Please.
0: Uh, I'm going to knock off a series, first of all, that came highly recommended. So I watched Midnight Mass. I finished the last episode last night, uh, Mike Flanagan's Midnight Mass. What a fantastic show. I, I really liked the direction it went in, all the characters. I it, It's great with a series like that. We always want fleshed out characters. And I feel like even some of the peripheral characters got enough that when it uh, changes pace and goes into its final arc, it, it is kind of depressing to watch. But overall, super cool. I loved the lore of it. I loved the kind of skewed message. It wasn't entirely black and white. You had characters with very dynamic ranges of interests and views. And it's kind of funny to see what happens to them in the end?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a wild show. Uh, it's definitely a, one of my favorite things ending. of the year. What's that? It's a very depressing ending. It's very depressing, but it's also beautiful. Like, I don't know, I found it really beautiful. Especially, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil anything for people. But you know what I'm talking about now when I say that, like, Flanagan basically wrapped the conversation on religion? Yeah, that was like, pretty fucking gnarly. He really dropped the mic. Um, but the mike flanagan if you will
2: uh hey yeah there it is
1: okay yeah no that's awesome i'm really happy to hear you <laughs> checked it out and you loved it boozy that's great yeah cool um i got a bunch of stuff to talk about today so i'm gonna just start knocking it off but i'm just gonna quickly throw it out there i'm not even gonna do a full review of it because uh, kyle already mentioned it on one of the episodes but i finally checked out shang chi um oh. i've had some major marble fatigue uh Honestly, Marvel, Star Wars, everything, I've just kind of gotten, like, there's too many shows, there's too many movies, and I've never been the guy to complain about either of those things, but holy shit, with Shang-Chi, a breath of fresh air, like, good God, that would be ruled, like, I loved it
2: right yeah. isn't it's it awesome such a good I, time it. you say that like i'm almost the opposite right now i'm kind of on a marvel kick right now
1: well i'm thinking that it's getting it's about to just start getting even better because they're at least switching it up enough like shang chi is right. different enough from other things and i know like you've seen eternals i still haven't seen eternals but i like that they're just not doing the same formula anymore that being said i did catch up with black widow right after and that's just like formula 101 yeah
2: that's right yeah that's
1: did not love black widow i think if it would have came out 10 years ago i probably would have um, totally. but when you have winter soldier and like civil war and all those other movies it's like black widow's reduced to just a couple cool scenes like i don't know i think it could have been a lot better but also i just watched shang chi and i i loved
2: it and it's just um, non-stop fun like you just have a big yeah. gun on your face the whole time <laughs> you like everyone like i even like the villain. like the yeah. I like the villain, and
1: I, I sympathize with them. And I don't know. I thought it was great. And I'm going to watch that movie again. I thought it was just wicked. Uh, but on to horror. I checked out The Deep House from 2021. So this all is right. a new uh, underwater haunted house flick. So okay, it's set around.
0: This This has been all over my list all year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, set around a couple of YouTubers who investigate haunted houses, and they do a deep dive. Uh, a deep dive search into a famous house that was washed away below a, by a flood, and uh, which is kind of eerie since uh, I don't know if you guys would keeping up with the news about what's going on in BC, but half of BC is underwater right now. It is right. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I get here and all of our highways going in and out collapse. Like there's There's no way to get out of here by car or foot right now. Uh, it's pretty scary times. They just announced a state of emergency today. Uh, we're recording on the 17th of November, so it's pretty, pretty eerie. It's scary. Uh, like the whole place, like where Antlers was filmed, it's just it's underwater right now. It's crazy. Uh, very it sad. Yeah, very sad. Uh, there's still dumb fucks out there who don't believe in global warming, so that makes it even scarier. Um, yeah, yeah, not not good times. But uh, the Deep House, it's like Atlantis meets paranormal activity. Oh. It's nothing like Atlantis It's just based underwater <laughs> but, oh, Okay um, So imagine the water from
0: Atlantis
1: <laughs> Right yeah, But in paranormal activity Yeah, so I'm talking about two two uh, found footage movies today Like this one has like, you know It's heavily rooted in uh, in found footage But it's also, I think it cheats a lot It uh, doesn't overly work in that way Like I think that the, the found footage elements Kind of got away from them a little bit but with that being said, like the sets in this this thing are so damn impressive and there's just no way to fake it. They filmed this entire fucking thing underwater. Like it's it's like a marvel to look at and to see how they like how they pulled this off. Like just mm-hmm. for that and that alone, I recommend checking out the deep house. I think that there are some scary moments, there's some spooky shit, but it's one of those things that you're never gonna, you know, be scared about the house that's underwater unless your your house Underwater, so it's like it's not overly scary. Uh, there's some really cool moments where they're building tension, but you know what, like, you know what I mean? I don't Fight, know, I do
0: not tempt fate. You're talking about how Vancouver's going underwater, and you're I'm like, you'll never see a water house. I'm a baby. where did they actually do you know where they filmed this? Like, how do you find a set like that? Yeah, I'm, will- I'm looking at it.
1: They had to have just built it and then submerged it and like there there's a thing too though. those like there's a lot of it where you know you like if the opening couple scenes of titanic taught us anything it's that when you go in and you start investigating that there's like all of the lamps and stuff that are floating and all the mm-hmm. different objects. you go into this house and everything's like glued down so mm-hmm. there's some paranormal shit but um but i don't know i just think it's really Cool. I'm gonna look up where it was filmed actually.
0: They're like, ooh, we used Flex Seal.
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was it was pretty damn cool. Uh, it's not one that I'm kind of forgettable, if I'm being honest, like I think there's some good enough moments in there. Maybe we've just been spoiled with a lot of great horror movies lately and just in general. Uh, But I at least liked that it tried something a little bit different, even if it does fall victim to a lot of your standard found footage tropes. But, like, I just think that the environment and the concept is fresh enough that it's just downright impressive to let those semi-annoying moments just kind of be able to, like, there's some annoying moments because you don't know what the hell's going on. Because, you know, in any found footage movie, there's always the shaky cam, and when something happens that's kind of annoying and it's getting more and more annoying as like, the years go on because it's like all right if you gotta to resort to this let's try find a different tool let's try find a different way to tell this scare or the story and uh i don't know if they fully figured that out with this one but uh it was just it was cool and it's a cool little flick gave it a three out of five on Letterbox. so it's like you know i didn't hate it didn't love it uh but it's one that i definitely recommend checking out i think boozy you'll definitely take something away from it just as you're a fan of this kind of stuff in general. Uh, yeah, so like, this has been on my list for so long. It's
0: such yeah. a niche idea, too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So uh,
2: Yeah, it really is. Kyle, do you have anything else you want to talk about this week? I'm bone dry. Just you three, baby. Us two, you mean. Oh, you three.
1: Okay, got it. Yeah. Uh, well, How about I knock off another quick one, and I'll pass it back to you, Busy. Do you have a lot of stuff today? I have two more. Okay, I think, yeah, I have the the most, I'll go with my other found footage flick that I watched. So, uh, despite Boozy's hesitation on, uh, you know, your kind of lukewarm review last week, I checked out Paranormal Activity, next of kin. Oh, baby. Right, William Eubank. Oh, boy, is this thing shit. Oh,
0: man. uh... (laughs) Well, let's not mince words here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, this just ain't, it's just ain't a good movie. Like, I don't oh, know. What a bummer. Yeah, it was it was a total bummer. I, I just, I don't, it's one of those things where it's like you, you had to have, this had to have been just like a different story that they decided to slap the Paranormal Activity name on. Like, you know, and that happens a lot. But at the same time, it does tie into the other ones. And uh, I don't know, man. I just think when it comes to found footage, like, I prefer my found footage movies to be as least glossy as possible. Like I don't like a lot of gloss and I understand that like the day and age that we're living in, we have new technology, we have new cameras, like people have 4k on their phones now. Uh, so there's going to be different ways to capture this kind of stuff, but it's really just becoming detrimental to the actual scares in the story. And uh, I just, I found this movie to be honestly pretty boring, uh, which is one of the worst offenses when it comes to a horror movie. And I know a lot of people have that opinion about the paranormal activity movies in general, I really loved the first three, and I still do. Like just because I remember sitting in that theater when when the lights would go down, and then uh, it was like a collective shudder with the whole group of people that you were seeing the movie with whenever it changed to nighttime. And you just don't have that in a, in this anymore. And I don't know, like the 4K drone shots with EDM music playing over top. Like it was just like old man Mitch was shrugging his arms a little bit. Um, Yeah, I just, uh, I miss when the Paranormal Activity movies felt like haunted house simulations. Like, that's what I like about this franchise, and I didn't get any of that here. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, I I understand the more cynical viewpoints towards these movies in general, but I appreciate them for what they were, and uh, the direction, if this is the direction they want to keep on going, I I can't see myself continuing on, and... uh, yeah, I've just been burnt too many times. Like, there's some okay, really... what, did,
0: what did you think of it in terms of actually tying into any sort of, like, it didn't feel like a paranormal activity. It could have had any other name.
1: I didn't yeah, feel but... any
0: real semblance I'm
1: to. pretty sure that, like, the main thing at the end is what is referenced in multiple other paranormal activity movies but that could have just been like changed after
2: the fact and be like hey let's call this this so that it yeah, can be- yeah yeah that's what this seems like to me big time honestly it, i mean guys, i don't like, know it, it, it but
0: did feel very heart not heartless but in terms of being a part of the paranormal activity universe or supposedly it, it has no connection other than name like it doesn't feel like it
1: Yeah, and I don't know, I know some people have really enjoyed, like there's like comedic relief, I I don't recognize him from anything, I don't think I've seen him in anything, Uh, and it's not overly his fault that he's incredibly not funny in this, but uh, yeah, not always in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I I didn't find any of that stuff worked, but you know, I guess the collectively people seem to not really love this one, so I don't need to keep justifying why I didn't, but uh, it just wasn't for me. I didn't enjoy it. And I don't know, I think the bigger that found footage movies try to be, the less I care. Like, I I want little contained stories for found footage. That's what I want. Mm. I also realized that comes from, I was just talking about a found footage movie that was underwater. That's not what I mean. I think when they're trying to, like, they're trying to tie it into so many different things and it's got its hands and a whole bunch of pockets and it's not pulling anything out. Um, So, yeah, and it was an extra bit, big bummer just because, you know, we're obviously... All, we're all big fans of William Eubank here. Like, uh, Underwater was great. I really yeah, cool. like his other movie, The Signal. I thought that movie was awesome. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next. I just hope it's not something like this. <laughs> uh, it just wasn't for me.
2: Do you think that, like, we could... Like, do you think there could be a iPhone found footage film that could be scary? Or do you think we're just not ready to, like... Do you think we're, our like uh, brains don't have that? Kyle, I'm pretty scary sure yet. there
0: already is.
2: Well, I'm yeah, sure there are, but like ones that are effective is what I mean. Like ones that's kind of like, oh shit, like this is as scary as like a shaky VHS tape. Because I, in a way, I feel like there's something about the aesthetic that is just inherently scary because it feels old. Does that make any sense? Like, yeah. I, no, I, it, that's am not
0: watching
1: VHS, having.
2: It, that it, VHS. You can see
1: it in like the VHS movies. They add so much of the distortion and the grain on the image, and like right. that kind of, and like the glitching, and like that's even getting old for me. Where it's just like, hey, convenient sure. glitching, convenient glitching. Yes, all yeah. right. Uh, but at the same time, like some of my favorite movies fall victim to that, like Blair Witch Project. But you know, that was one of the first of its kind, and I think people just there. There's got to be like that's what I really liked about Paranormal Activity three in particular, is that one introduced a lot of different ideas and different camera mechanisms and like devices that they can use to get scares out of people like specifically the oscillating fan even adding in the whole bloody mary scene like there's just little things that you can try i do think that there could be a scary iphone movie out there um and it's only a matter of time until steven Soderbergh makes it
2: (laughs) true i mean oh there was oh fuck what was that one film he did make in like a hospital i'm saying yeah right 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 on but I've heard it's good anyway I'm just, I was just I just I was just thinking about that like I don't even think I'm sure like they're probably of course could be like a technically a good film like that but in a way it's like almost like inherently like a like a, a kick in the leg almost it feels like in a way
1: yeah yeah I don't know just uh and I wasn't a fan of next to Ken so that was kind of a bummer wasn't expecting much from it either. I didn't even know it existed until it showed up on Amazon. Uh, so I, I kind of like that, you know, but almost every time that that's happened where like a movie has just surprised us, it's always been bad. Shout out Cloverfield Paradox. Right. Uh, cool. But like, you know, this, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's it's a whole bunch of nothing for me. I just didn't, it didn't get a reaction out of me. It just kind of annoyed me because in this day and age, I have so much, so many other things I could be watching. I have such like, I don't have as much time as I used to. So I think I'm becoming more and more bitter when I see these ones that don't really hit for me. But it's also my fault for going into Paranormal Activity 9, expecting think... something crazy. And, and
0: I didn't even give it a good review. That's yeah. how you know. Yeah, that's how you know. How you know. He, he, uh, he did not uh, heed any warnings.
1: No. I to, See, that's the thing, though. There's certain things like that that I'm always just going to have to see for myself. And I think that everyone should be that way. Um, like, I should never deter someone from wanting to check out Halloween Kills, even if I didn't love it, you know, just because if you're a Halloween fan, you should see it for yourself. That might have been a bad example, because I didn't hate that movie, but
0: uh, but yeah, yeah we but know we, what
2: you mean. Yeah, but By brother, the same
0: token, you
1: wouldn't be like, "Hey,
0: watch the Longlears, so I feel like there can be that conversation. I would
1: say that if I really hated the person. And I have done that many times before. I've recommended really bad movies to people I don't like. So
0: that's your subtle digs at people.
1: It's kind of a thing I do. Uh, All right, Boozy, hit us with your last one, and then I'll hit you guys with another two. I, I actually have two more. Perfect. Um,
0: so the first one I will cover. This is a Shutter film. It is 2020s. Whoa. W o e. Uh, this is directed by Matthew Goodhue and also written by Matthew Goodhue. And it's a brother and sister stumble upon their father's secret one year after his death. They soon learn that the secret may not be his alone. So this is a it's a very heavy film. Uh, it, it is dealing with... It, it, it's pretty much all the talks of Whoa, it is the... How do I explain it? it it's, there's just this foreboding... Um, thing that, that lives with these two people and and it actually manifests itself as something and it, it's about them trying to deal with this grief and they're not dealing with it alone and they're not dealing with it each other with each other so the the issues just keep kind of growing and growing this is a pretty cool film um overall i didn't like i didn't think it was incredible but i, I definitely think it's worth checking out it it's uh deals with some heavier topics
1: nice so if you want to get nice and depressed watch whoa Mm -hmm. (laughs) sounds great uh do you want to give your last one
0: yeah Uh, i'm just looking the year up for it so this is a movie i've actually been looking for for a long time Uh, And I managed to find it on YouTube. So, God bless. If you're ever looking for a movie and it's just literally nowhere and even letterboxes, like, I don't know, dude, go fuck yourself. Check YouTube because you'll find some hidden gems. So, this is a documentary. It's not straight up horror. But I thought I should just mention a little bit because uh, Mitch mentioned the Deep House. Uh, This movie is called Ben's Vortex. It's from 2012. And it's the story of this dude who disappeared... uh, going diving inside these caves where you can like pay to go in like professional divers will go in um but there was like a whole bunch of shit happening in his personal personal life and they never found him so it's kind of this idea of uh they're trying to figure out if he's in this cave or if he's not or if he got like killed by the mob it's it's very interesting there's a lot of a lot of layers to it like shrek um and i don't know this is i know a lot of people probably wouldn't like these kind of things but if you're in kind of niche uh films this is this is interesting it's about diving so that was kind of
1: my little tie in there cool yeah i uh yeah. i've heard about this one that sound, sounds cool kyle what do you think of that title card <laughs>
2: for Ben's vortex yeah yeah <laughs> but, like, accident the, like,
1: murder hoax yeah it's just it looks like it was done on paint and i feel bad for them because it sounds oh, like dude, it, was, it like was
0: done it. by like his friend Like yeah, it was just so it's a very low
1: budget. But that was cool. Well it looks like they put a lot of work into it if they're actually, you know, going underwater and everything. So I just it's
2: pretty crazy. They're probably too busy swimming to pick up a a copy of Vista, so it happens. It's
1: true. That is the most like correct statement ever. (laughs) Cool. So Ben's vortex on YouTube. On the uh, Romine
2: design.
0: I, I wonder if there is anybody Else out there who's giving recommendations to watch movies you can't find on YouTube, which is either
2: there has to be, yeah, for sure. I um, it's such an outdated podcast format because it would always get taken down. <laughs> like, if you wanted to like review a film that's on YouTube, it'd be gone the week you re release it. <laughs> good, uh,
1: okay, yeah, I got a couple more that I'm going to touch on. Uh, the first one is not a straight up horror movie, but I thought I wanted to mention it anyways because I want to see if you guys have, have seen it. Pretty sure you both have, but uh I watched all that catching catching killers uh Netflix series. It's like a four part series on like the catching of Gary Ridgeway, um Eileen Warnos, and the is happy. This is a documentary. Th- I haven't seen this. Yeah, yeah it's, on, uh, it's on Netflix. It's like a new. It it's new? On Netflix, top ten. Yeah, like oh, it was. Okay. No, I haven't seen this. In, but anyways, it's four four episodes, one on Gary Ridgeway, one on Eileen, Eileen Wuornos, and then two on the smiley face killer, the happy face killer, whatever the fuck. Oh. Yeah, so uh, after watching the Eileen Wuornos one, I decided to watch Monster again. I haven't seen Monster in a long time. Oh, uh, hero killer film, Charlize Theron. That's, that's Charlize Theron, yeah. yeah. Christina Ritchie and uh, Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder, Jason Voorhees himself, uh, catches Eileen at the end. So that's pretty crazy show. Oh, our rare, boy.
0: Our, that's a rare face turn for him. That's true. You know, I,
1: I think like, Aaron Koontz told me that he was the one who put his name forward for that. Because Aaron's in the movie at some point. I didn't spot him, but apparently he's like in the background. Right, like, cool. uh, Yeah, they were filming it where he lived. But either way, uh, I grew up thinking this movie was a goddamn masterpiece. Like, I loved it. Yeah, uh, I like, did
2: it, too, actually.
1: I still love it. I still think it's great. Um, it's one of those things, though, when it started, like the movie started, and I was watching it, and I'm like, oh boy, this is not going to age well. Like, this is going to be because you got Charlie's there on doing the like Goodfellas voiceover, being like, you know, back in my day, I used to do this and this for a quarter, and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, okay, uh, they're really going to try and make us sympathetic for this serial killer. And it's narrated like god goodfellas okay um but yeah as you continue on the journey you realize that there is a place for sympathizing with these poor souls uh like people like eileen warnos i think she's one of the few serial killers that you actually can sympathize with um because her murder spree came from a place of real personal hell uh if you know anything about eileen they if anything they i think one criticism they have is they could have dug a little deeper into what made her the person that she was. Uh, but I think that that's one of those things where, you know, they they chose subtlety over, over uh, you know, going and doing the flashbacks. Like, I know that for me, the same thing can be said about Scott Cooper's antlers. Like, there's uh, some people who feel that it's one of those things where they could have touched on more of the trauma, but it's like, or he just didn't want to go down that road because he figured you could, pick up those pieces on your own and it's like obviously Eileen Wuornos was a pretty uh pretty damaged person and a really tortured soul uh but she's just fucking spectacular in this movie she is so good and uh Christina Ritchie is also great and even though I think if there's one criticism that I would have for it it's that like theoretically that's the only like they do such a good job at uglying up Charlize Theron and like you know getting her sunburnt skin and like they make her look all old and damaged and like run down and they make her look like Eileen like she looks almost identical to her and then you have Charlize Theron or sorry Christina Ritchie playing her love interest and she's just like this cute little Christina Ritchie and it's like an IRL she's uh, not and it's like but it's I don't know to me it's like you went you went halfway there like you're, yeah, a movie about Eileen Wernow starring Charlize Theron, one of the most beautiful people on earth, and they really, you know, got her. They, yeah, they went but, for it. Yeah, I feel like it, they could have done that a little bit. Even if they want to keep Christina Ricci, just you know, do some some of the some of that magic to her as well.
2: Um, and this would be an interesting one to watch again because I what, haven't seen it in so long. But like, I loved this movie like growing up. Actually, yeah. it was like yeah, a hit in the really my house. My whole family enjoy growing up. I don't know. I, don't... I remember. I remember my whole family sat down and watched this, and we were all like, "Holy shit! This is like an intense movie!" Like every
0: Christmas, the Zervinski's sit down and watch <laughs> Monster. Um, okay, I have a question. I can't remember how it ends. Does it go right up until she like gets
1: executed? No, not until she gets executed. They tell you that she gets executed, uh, but uh, they don't like they. They pretty much stop it when uh, she gets caught.
0: Oh, so they don't—they don't have like Charlize there and like screaming about how the antennas for the satellite is like giving her apocalypse vibes
1: and shit. No, yeah. not yet. That's in the sequel. a like, uh, yeah. that's I, in I the sequel.
2: Like, that's a character. That'll uh, happen in Monster, nineteen
1: eighty-four. Yeah. Oh, there's there's tons of really good actors in this movie too. Like ones that uh, the one that really hit me this time was Scott Wilson, who played plays Herschel on uh the walking dead i think that's yeah he played
0: Herschel. okay from season two right
1: yeah yeah but he's one of the victims and it's like man that scene with him is just devastating to watch it's really sad and uh bruce dern is just such a good actor Prue taylor vince is also another like you feel bad for these dudes who are getting killed you know half of them but that's kind of the point of the movie is that like you know, she was very just in feeling the way that she was feeling. And after going through what she had went through, like any norm, like it would drive anybody insane to to go through that kind of abuse. Uh, but it doesn't make it any less sad to just see these people die when they're just real sad, sad fuckers who want to get blown in a car. Um, so, yeah, there's a monster. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> Written and directed by Patty Jenkins of uh, Wonder Woman and
2: Wonder Woman 1984. That's just like Monster nineteen eighty four. You know what I'm saying? I love how the other like we, we've seen a woman
0: take over the world in these films and save the world, now make a serial killer film. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh Kyle, I'm sorry I missed that joke. I heard you say nineteen eighty four monster nineteen eighty four before. I
2: feel bad. It's okay. From- you know, usually geniuses aren't appreciated when they're alive. It's only after the fact that their um, you know, their true artistry comes up. But it's fine, it's fine. That's true.
1: Okay, I, I'm going to touch on one last thing uh, before we get on to the loved ones. Um, so I watched the first two episodes of The Return of Dexter Morgan. Oh, yeah. Dexter... Newtland. Oh, right. I don't think we even talked about this, have we? No. So, I, I have no idea. Were you guys Dexter fans? I've Never watched i episodes, maybe. Same. I know like
0: very little about episodes. Dexter. Oh,
1: See, that's surprising for you, Boozy, just because of like, the concept and what it is. Like It's totally it's got Boozy written all over it. But So you sure, gotta be Boozy. <laughs> you, you love serial Killer shit, and especially like, when they have that internal monologue that I was just talking about. And, like, Dexter, it just it felt was,
0: really like, maybe this is just me making weird assumptions, but just watching it, it just felt like very fluffy and repetitive. That's it's exactly like, It was yeah. like, we're going to get the bad guys and we're going to do stuff to them. I don't know. It's just...
1: Yeah, you figured it. You figured it out. That's exactly and what it is. And
0: yet I watched Walking Dead for how many seasons? Maybe <laughs> I should watch that. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, shout out first three or four seasons of Dexter. I think uh, the last season that I would consider good was the John Lithgow season, the Trinity Killer, um, which is notoriously like the best season of Dexter. Uh, that's totally where the show peaks. And then that's only the halfway point. Like, they, they just keeps going. And uh, I felt like it's, I'm happy that fans of this series have another whack at the absolutely unacceptable closure to that serial killer that everyone's rooting for. Because like the ending of Dexter is notoriously one of the worst things uh, to ever air on TV. And I agree with that. It's It's horrendous. Decade-old spoiler, Dexter becomes a lumberjack. He's he's in the woods. Kind of hot. Yeah, kind of hot right now. But the most positive thing to come out of this for me is that it takes, like, the flawed anti-villain that you're charmed into liking and that was just unjustly fumbled somehow into Dexter becoming a lumberjack into this great environment to watch this character fall into old habits. Uh, So that's the best thing that I can say about these first two episodes so far is I love the idea of Dexter being in this small mountain town, uh, hiding out from everyone, and he just you know has a new life for himself, selling guns and cleaning guns. Okay, so he is, he is still a lumberjack. I, I don't know if he was ever actually a lumberjack, just that he, the show ended with him wearing flannel cutting wood. So in the forest, like... It, it, so he could either be camping or a lumberjack. It is so much worse than how i'm describing it too like and i'm talking like there was full season i watched every season of that show there's and i know there's a lot of people who just felt that the last episode was the problem no I, I thought the last four seasons were like it was like i was just waiting for it to turn around and then i felt obligated to watch it till the end because i was like well they have to either kill Dexter or or he'll get caught they got to do one of these things and then they don't um <laughs>
2: The I show had, like, don't... really good ratings all the way up to the end, too. Actually, it started getting more popular, which is so strange.
1: Yeah, well, you know, um, Nickelback is also very popular. Like, there's a lot of people that people listen to them a lot. Imagine Dragons plays on the radio a lot.
2: Yeah, well, we I just, just mean that, that, like, you're not the first person that I've heard to say that the show just got the worse the longer it went on, basically. Oh, yeah. So, I it find that great. interesting. Uh, but, yeah.
0: Kyle, every day we live through another... Uh, harsh reality where the simpsons is still going and making oh, that's right. episodes.
2: that's right okay
0: yeah sorry not
1: to harsh and everyone's no, harsh no,
2: friends, right? that's fair i try not to think about it but you're right oh, i try not to <sighs> think about it every day <laughs>
1: yeah i don't i just feel like dexter in general it's just like it's it's predictable drama uh it's very predictable and like the thing is sometimes that's okay some people enjoy that I'm not gonna lie i'm gonna keep watching it i didn't think that the first two episodes were bad Uh, It's just one of those things where I think it came out. I started watching it as it was like airing, I think in season one or two is when I hopped onto it. And, uh, at the time it seemed so groundbreaking because it kind of was like, this was at the, you know, before that we had just had like the wire and Sopranos and both shows are obviously infinitely better than Dexter, but TV had grown a new life. Like it had taken a new form by being able to have shows like this. And uh, I really like Dexter, the character. And, uh, Michael C. Hall, he's he's great, but he's the only, like, I figured it out, he's the only likable character in the entire series, and he's a serial killer. Right, right. So, that's that's, kind of that's a interesting. Problem. But that's also the point, like, it's like a, the show's dark comedy.
2: I was gonna say, like, it, it's a problem, but it, it's also maybe, like, what the show, has, could. I haven't seen it, but, like, from my understanding, like, that's what has going for it, though, that's Exactly. It, yeah. yeah that's
0: and I, what, what does Michael C. Hall do outside of Dexter. He He's doesn't a
2: paycheck. Know. So,
0: no. He
1: was in games with Jerry Butler. <laughs> <laughs> he beat cancer. Um. Okay. Okay. He was the married basketball. to. Uh, he was married to his sister Deb in uh, the the show Dexter, like Deb from uh, that modern classic, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. um right. She plays his adoptive sister in Dexter, and they were married for the first like three seasons, and then that's what. I felt like the show just kind of became a running inside joke for the writers' room, and the rest of the world was just kind of supposed to sit there and take it. Uh, like, there's a whole character arc where Dexter and Deb think that they want to fuck each other, and this is after they got divorced, and like they're they brother and sister. Like, that's a whole arc in the show. Yes, she is his adopted sister, but like I said on a couple episodes ago, that is still incest.
0: Which is something we regularly bring up is the do's and don'ts, Uh, just to
1: be clear. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Dexter New Blood, is just going to be good light watching for me when I'm on my lunch break. But at the same time, like, like I just mentioned before with, I think it was paranormal activity where I'm like, I want to watch stuff that I want to watch now. So only time will tell if I keep going through with it, but I'm very happy for fans of Dexter uh, that they're having another whack at this, this ending because, it really was a travesty but i feel like uh the show just wasn't good for so long that it almost didn't it didn't earn its right to have another go at it uh but, but that,
0: that, that also, also speaks to its uh, how good it was that you're willing to come back after all this time and, and the show's willing to come back after such a long period too
1: my dating record. <laughs> i don't know when to leave <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on. Um, do you guys want to go on with the loved ones? Yeah, yeah, I
2: think that's a perfect transition, yes. All
1: right, we'll see you guys on the other side when we talk about the 2009 Australian horror film, The Loved Ones.
0: With Holly. Guess I'll ask her to the dance.
1: Tell me who is she?
0: i never
2: tell.
1: Love her. Pretty as a picture. Daddy This year's queen of the dances Lola stone Love is like a flame,
2: burns you. It boils
1: your brains and turns you into. Welcome to our main feature presentation, where we are talking about the loved ones from 2009. This uh, film was written and directed by Sean Byrne, a boy who has been celebrated at nauseum on this uh, this program. Uh, he was also the writer and director of my favorite film of 2017, The Devil's 15. Candy. 15. I believe that was 2017. Because uh, yeah, either way, uh, great movie, great filmmaker. And uh, it's an Australian film. And the film stars Xavier Samuel as Brent. Uh, We have Robin McLeavy, who plays Princess, a horror icon, and it absolutely should be. Uh, John Brumpton plays Daddy. And Richard Wilson, Jamie. I believe Richard Wilson is Kyle Zerbinski, circa 2007.
2: Uh, Uh, I don't uh, want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it.
1: No, he was 100. I was like, I've never seen myself in a movie so much.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it actually hurt to watch that, to be honest. Oh, yeah.
1: Same haircut, same music taste. Um, That was fucked. Yeah, it's a very small cast, but a very memorable one. And uh, the film tells a story of when Brent turns down his classmate Lola's invitation to the prom, she concocts a wildly violent plan for revenge. So... Like I was telling Kyle, or I guess I was telling both of y'all in our group chat, that this was one of those movies that I was initially planning. I know I've said this so many times on the podcast, uh, but this was definitely one of the front runners for one of the, the first 10 Terror Table episodes. Like I wanted to do an episode on this one forever. And uh, it's one that I, I guess I wanted to give some time because right before we started the Terror Table, I just watched it again. And uh I have not seen it until recently. I watched it at my friend Jarrett's uh, he he runs a club here in Vancouver and he has a big projector screen and like a DJ level like PA system. So the shit's just loud as hell. And uh he it was him, his girlfriend Marky and our friend Mike, and they were like, Mitch, we don't get scared from movies. Show us something that will actually scare us. And I landed on the loved ones. Uh so I'll i'll get into that in a little bit but uh i want to hear your guys' thoughts because obviously being the one who recommended us do this episode me leading off with a story like that it's pretty clear i'm a big fan of this movie um but it is quite mean-spirited so i'm curious to hear what y'all think let's start with kyle first time watch
2: kyle this is my first time watching the loved ones um although i'm a pretty big fan i guess of sean bryan i liked uh or byron burn sorry sean burn not that big of a fact clearly but uh i liked the devil's candy um i didn't love it as much as you you guys do but I, I did enjoy it i liked what it was going for i really felt like it was a pretty like concise vision and like there's films like it that when i think back on them i almost don't remember anything about it but this is definitely an outlier where like some of the imagery in that film is just completely shocking and memorable also, big fan of his work on *The Secret*, the self-motivational help film, where he directed the dramatic sequences. For those who are wondering, *The Secret* is one of those things yep. where you just manifest things in reality, and it becomes a reality. So, if you tell yourself you want a bike, you will get a bike in a week. Yeah, he directed that. So, big fan. Yeah,
1: and you, you oh,
0: don't have to you do it in your own words.
1: You he directed some of the 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 reenactments, but which the, the, are the most
2: memorable parts of that fucking thing. So you know for... that
1: the guy who wrote the secrets of serial killer, like he's a murderer, right? Like, do you guys know about that? Like, I just no. watched. Uh... Also a yeah. Oh yeah, movie. he killed people. Uh, they, but because he, he took, he was taking them on retreats, uh, and they they he killed a bunch of people in one of those sweat lodges. I believe it was a sweat lodge, like where they go to the top of a mountain and they like light oh, hot yeah, coal. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah no
1: way yeah that's him and he just got out of jail again uh like the secret is one of the worst fucking possible things the secret was a precursor to covid Uh, (laughs) it it, it brought out all the
2: dumbest fucks
1: in our society
2: that's true though don't you be i I, actually i know what you're like trying to say i actually i got it I'm pretty sure all of our moms
1: had a copy of the secret somewhere
2: well that's (laughs) the thing that thing always freaked the fuck out of me Anyways, what I saw on his IMDb page that he worked on that, I was like, holy fuck, this is crazy. What are the chances of that? Um, anyway, so shout out. Um, but no, first time watching the loved ones. I've seen the cover of this movie a million fucking times though. Like probably even in it would have been in Blockbuster for sure, like the tail end, I guess, of the Blockbuster years. But yeah, like I definitely saw this around a lot. Um and you folks have mentioned it before, but honestly, I don't know I didn't know a single fucking thing about this movie. I went in as blind as all hell. Uh and really enjoyed it. In fact, I would say I like this more than the Devil's Candy if I had to compare the two personally. Mm. I would yeah, I I agree.
1: And the Devil's Candy was my favorite of that year.
2: Yeah, and both are good both good films, but I mean it's it's crazy to think that a, a director like himself hasn't made anything since the devil's candy considering his yeah. two like flagship feature films are great. I, I, I actually adore. had it on Facebook recently
1: because <laughs> I wanted to like ask him what's up. Like I would love to have him on the show. Um, but Fantastic. yeah, I, I don't very active on there anymore. Maybe he just doesn't accept friend requests from weirdos. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I, I, I want to
2: re- get, I want to get boozy's thoughts on the, I want to hear your thoughts before we get kind of in the nitty gritty, but I will generally say that. Yeah. I, I like this movie and I'm kind of excited to see what you all have to say. Yeah, Boozy.
1: Okay. And oh, also, I... in your in your uh, review, can you please let us know how big of a fan of Parkway Drive you were? At oh, anywhere? my God. Wow, how did you guess my very first note? I Shazammed it. Was it actually? Oh, and how would you have to Shazam? It was
0: Boneyards, baby. Oh, no, right. it wasn't. It was Idols and Anchors. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey. Well, well Boozy anyway. both of us good there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's off of Horizons, which is their best album by far.
1: Um, oh, Kyle's dead. I have, Kyle's, I have two copies of Horizons on CD, compact disc. Kyle, if anyone
0: meant- who wants to argue with me, like that's honestly like one of the best metalcore albums ever.
1: I entirely agree. I, I I love the first couple albums, and then uh, I I recently got into Deep Blue. Like I, I was I think
2: not was expecting. That. I was not <laughs> expecting the info dump that caught me off guard.
0: You you <laughs> know when it's things that I specifically enjoy, I will give you information. And the <laughs> There's no one thing he asks. There's blood in the water. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Oh let's talk about this uh this actually this film has a little bit of history between or you know running within the terror table aside from mitch because uh me and mitch kind of connected over really enjoying this movie and talking about it before the terror table was even an idea in mitch's nutsack um (laughs) 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 that's (laughs) the record yeah uh in the infancy of of instagram we I, I posted about it and mitch was like instantly like oh man you like this and we were kind of talking about it on facebook hit it you know we were hitting it off in the dms so um it's it's been a while since i've seen it this is i think my third time and it's it's just it's great every time i see it i find something i enjoy about it it's still even though i've seen it a couple times i know it's going to happen and i just enjoy being taken through how how it goes about everything and how it explains the story and and where how your characters get where they're going. I really uh, like I love this movie. I think it's fantastic. and I will be the one person to say that I think the devil's candy is better than this, but that's just me.
1: yeah, It's a very close call. I love them both. I like, think they're both great, but that's awesome. Well, we have a full table of fan... we have a full table of love for the loved ones. And Parkway Drive.
2: Really, <laughs> chaos. We not look at the later shit.
1: No. Um, all right. Yeah, but let, let's uh, let's fully dig into this thing. So, uh, yeah, I have I. Boy, I guess I sort of. I'll just get out. I love this movie. Uh, it's one of my favorite modern horror movies. Um, I think that this is one that gets bumped in with the torture porn subgenre, and I, while I mm-hmm. entirely understand that, and people are correct in saying that. I think that this might be the torture porn movie this might be the example of a great great uh execution of that style of film and i think it's because the torture actually means something and it's 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 visceral and it hurts and it, like this is a painful movie to watch it's just so goddamn effective because the actors and the performances and the tone and the atmosphere in this thing are so spot on and uh there's just like there's it's got that great use of that pop song the am i not pretty enough do do you
2: guys
1: like that song
2: it's i found it so creepy yeah but that's why outside of the film
0: no no because it's like it it does feel like they just made it for this movie because it's so specific it sounds like a weird creepy version of like dawson's creek it's like specific but also
2: it's specific but also like generic the most generic words ever so like yeah, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like an theory. ai wrote it <laughs> it
1: reminds me of the throwback days to like movies like a walk to remember yeah. Oh, yeah i think that's kind of the point is that you have this this teenage girl lola who's just so so insanely deranged and she romanticizes herself and her effect on people and she's like the female incel like, she's the female Joker, if you will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, she, sorry, I had to get it all right. I, misunderstood. That's it. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's... That 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 song playing is so goddamn effective because it's just so disturbing watching what she's doing to this poor guy. Wow. And her slow dancing with her dad and <sighs> the, the shots of glitter falling over her scrapbook and her little boombox, her CD player it's like one of the most haunting things in recent horror and uh, i think the movie honestly is one of the scariest movies in recent years and that's why i wanted to show it to my group of friends and let me tell you they were not impressed no. <laughs> it, it worked Uh-oh. it worked very well but i need to learn that the loved ones isn't a great kicking off point <laughs> there's not maybe fair. a few, it's other, few other it's stuff. Not a great how do you do motherfuckers they they told me to scare them they're like well this looks scary it's just disturbing i'm like shut up i watched you guys shudder that entire movie like I, I was laughing my ass off because one of my favorite moments of this recent screening on that amazing sound system on that huge screen i've seen this movie so many times and that was the best i would ever seen it and it was also because i got to watch it with people experiencing it for the first time who had no idea what they were in for so when he turns Lola down at the beginning for, there was a collective, oh, like they all, and I was just like, oh, fuck yes, fuck yes. Like you guys are gonna, you're, you're sympathizing with this fucking monster. And uh, it was so exciting watching them, watching them just like this movie tore my friends apart. Like, they're still the, we did it like three weeks ago and they're still talking about it. And it's, it's like uh, Mitch has lost this movie privilege. <laughs>
0: okay as soon as you get them back immediately be like guys redemption time uh we're gonna watch hounds of love it's gonna be yeah. great <laughs> yeah, we'll,
2: we'll do martyrs next week
0: yeah <laughs> also the the music uh kind of adding to it i think that the lyrics uh, being generic enough is that you kind of get into a little bit of the headspace that your main sure. character is yeah. in even
2: mm-hmm. i think it's like almost like reading out her like diary thoughts right like
1: well, it's showing that she feels sorry for herself. Like She's so deranged that she honestly doesn't believe that she's the one that's completely fucked. She thinks it's these people who don't want sure. to sleep with her besides her dad, which is for a discussion that we're going to get into, I'm sure, at some point. There's oh, going to be gosh. even more incest conversations today. Yeah. But awesome. uh, the, the biggest things that I took away from this most recent watch is how gratuitous the sex scenes are. And like the teen sexuality in this movie is so damn raw, and like There's the camera, it doesn't pull away for a while. And Those Aussies, man, you know? it's uncomfortable, and it's like, but it's it's so effective. Like, I'm I'm never looked at that guy who's like, I know, obviously who doesn't want to see you know underage nudity, uh, but it's like they are teenagers, and like you know that's something that you know in movies it's historically fucked. Like you look at any American Pie movie. Um,
2: right. Well, it but, sets a tone of, like, intimacy in a really, like, effective way. Like, it, it's okay. always there with a purpose, even though maybe yeah. you could argue it's gratuitous, I guess. But, like, it, it never feels, like, heavy-handed or, like, exploitative, I guess. No, I no. feel
0: like it, it kind of does reinforce that these are extremely horny teenagers and their hormones are going through the roof. That, that kind of, I think, tried to explain a little bit of why some characters act a certain way. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know, it
1: also just gives you a little sneak peek at Sean Burns' like, close-up shots that he does for so many different things. And, like, he, he gets so close in on that, that sex scene. And, like, the reason I'm putting so much emphasis on that opening sex scene is just because, like, it really does go on for a while.
2: And, <laughs> I, I uh, noticed that, too. It really is kind of uncomfortably long. <laughs> yeah,
1: but that's also, like, you know, this was before in a time where, like, nudity and boobs were expected in horror movies. So it's like, it almost seemed like a smart comment on, on nudity in horror films. And like, I don't know, I feel, I feel like the, the nudity served a purpose and it was just like like you said, Kyle, it, it really displays intimacy in a really interesting way that you don't see all the time in other movies. Um, like the difference between this sex scene compared to the sex scene in the Friday the 13th remake, where it's like just straight up 10 minutes of hardcore porno boning. It's like, that, that to me, that, deserves to be called gratuitous more than this but i'm right, just yeah. this thing really does linger and i do think it's important for the movie and i think it makes it really successful and it's like it turns into the most brutal teenage depressed phase of loving metalcore smoking weed torture and premarital sex and cards like this is a tale as old as time
2: it really is a classic tale that's true
0: yeah this is this is american as apple pie right here that's
2: an origin story for many this movie is like it's the film
1: form of an absolutely devastating metalcore lyric right before a breakdown
2: i thought you were going to say it's a film form of an absolute punk message board
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i forgot about absolute
2: punk but you're right Mads, it is it like it kind of covers like i guess you could say like cliche like our stereotypical high school I don't know, passage through life, especially from this exact point in time, like 2009. Obviously, mm-hmm. the three of us can like, connect with like the look and music and mm-hmm. feel of like what it meant to be a young person in high school around that time. So, I mean, it's a treat for us to kind of watch something like this because there's no way we're not going to connect with it to some extent. But yeah. that being said, like even beyond that, like the way they treat like Brent is is really, really smart because it's like in a way, it's kind of like a slow burn. Like even like that opening, even that like sexy. Not to like harp on it too much, but like that's one of the longer scenes in the film. Like, yeah. and there's not too many like slower moments in the film. There are a few, but when it when they do appear, it's very intentional. And I think the way that like they set it up, especially with Brent's character and how it evolves, and eventually he's literally silenced. You you get a lot of like you get a lot of visual commentary and a lot of visual storytelling in really cool ways. Because I really didn't know what to even expect with like, even him turning her down at the beginning. I kind of thought that was honestly kind of out of place. To be honest, at first I was like, "Oh, that's like kind of weird." This like other girl who we don't know shows up and goes away, and are we gonna see her again? Like I don't really. Uh, Except I I recognize because of the cover of the film. So I was like, "Okay, this is important." Like I'm not dumb, but like this seems weird. But then eventually it makes perfect sense. Like it is kind of a little bit jarring and a little bit absurd to an extent especially as the film goes on with like what's actually happening on screen but in terms of like it being paced in in a narrative it's like it it almost feels sporadic but it it definitely is it's it's really really methodical in an interesting way and that was that's what i liked about this film the most for sure right
0: Yeah. yeah i feel like a lot of this movie is uh it kind of seems almost like a daydream is it, it, mm. or like a weird, not a fantasy, but like that weird part of your mind that like if if somebody like turned you down and, you know, it's like it really pissed you off what you would do. I think what that's are those like, called?
2: Those thoughts you have, like, you, what are they called? Intrusive thoughts? Is that what it's called? Right, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I, but th- that's what it, it does kind of seem like a story of. It's like what is the yeah. weirdest thing you could think of because it is a very straightforward story and I, in terms of where it gets to in terms of dealing with teenage emotion and stuff like you had mentioned and it's all broad enough that it's fairly relatable like anybody can be like oh yeah you know there was that person that i liked in high school that i never got a chance with that you know that sort of stuff blah, blah 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 um but you know i think there there is something very interesting with that and i also just want to mention this is one of my favorite things um what was the Buddy's best friend, uh, who was ripping bottles. Mitch bomb. Oliver, two
1: thousand
0: seven. Was that Mitch Oliver? Okay, so Mitch Oliver, two thousand seven, was way ahead of the time. He was way into uh, goth girls before anybody else. He was like, "That's uh, my yeah. thing." And yeah. but then he also was like, "I want a, a goth girlfriend who kind of looks like Joey Jordison, rest in peace."
1: Yes, dude. That's, he is me. He is me. <laughs> he is lucky. She she is uh, I believe that's Carla and she was in the Australian uh, the body Carl horror Humul- classic. Humul- no, not Carla Homolka. Uh, she, she was in the body horror classic Body Melt. Oh shit! Uh, she played. She was a very young actor in that movie. But uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I entirely agree with you though, Boozy, Like that, but that dude, he's he's like the one bit of uh, like he's the one break that we can catch as an audience. It's right. like at least knowing That's when true. we're gonna go to him, we're gonna see a different kind of cringe. And it's gonna be this guy trying to to woo this girl who's so clearly um ahead of him sexually. <laughs> and it's just like it's it's hilarious to watch. It's it's cringy in like a fun way. And you're you're kind of rooting for him. Yeah, and it's, it's like
0: I think there's a little bit of like you can way. see yourself in that, right?
2: Oh, for but, sure. Like you're I so 100% see myself in that. Like you went to West Forty Nine for the first time and you just bought a new Found Glory shirt that was in the back and like no one else really saw it, uh, but you picked it up really all quick. He, and like all you feel like you're on top of the world. Shirt. Or an 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 shirt, whatever shirt. it might be.
1: Yeah. But and, that's what I was like. Yeah. What I was saying before about like the metalcore lyric too thing is like I'm actually serious about this that I feel like this movie has the cynicism of a taking back Sunday song, but if the lyrics were literal and like, and right. for example, even uh, what's the the line from Taking Back so Your Soul Last with Summer? With my one
2: last gasping breath, I'd apologize for bleeding on your shirt.
1: The truth is you could slit my throat and with my one last gasping breath, I'd apologize for bleeding on your shirt. Classic. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, this movie, it totally is to me, and I, I don't mean to be blowing it out of proportion, but I do feel like this movie is just, like, teen melancholy poetry. Like, I, I think this movie is poetry. It's it's savage. This is an extreme movie. It's hardcore, but holy fuck, is this one of the most effective horror movies set around teenagers? And that's where the brunt of the genre lives.
2: Well, I think it has a. The film like has that whole angle going for it in the first half, especially. But then it really kind of becomes something else. Like in yeah. a lot of ways. I mean, I guess near the like the you know the 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 ending of the film, it kind of returns to that form. But it does become, I guess, like torture porn or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. i didn't even really think of that to be honest like obviously it's like really intense and some of this shit is like crazy but into its head i don't know though like i feel like i feel like it it, it didn't happen in it didn't happen so frequent that i felt like it was like i was being like onslaughted with it like obviously that is disgusting and it scared the shit out of me i honestly almost had a panic attack watching this movie but at the same time i i don't think like something like a martyrs or even like a saw or whatever, where like, you are kind of like like you're being berated with that. I feel like this film had enough restraint where not that those films aren't good in their own right, but I think having that kind of restraint, maybe people would disagree with me on that, but I feel like it was there. It was able to let other things kind of breathe in and kind of like, it would break to the B plot of like, almost like a comedy scene happening. And like, Mm -hmm. and, and that for me was actually a really nice moment of levity and like, yeah. All in all, those things like work together in a really well well-paced manner.
0: I think the yeah the the other elements when it's not so serious kind of feel like more of a realistic super bad in a way. Because it is like something that would happen any list. I also thought and Kyle, back me up on this possibly. Every time they had so you know like the not pretty enough song or whatever, they'd play that quite a bit and have like these little montages. Like there was specifically the one where she's like circling people in the yearbook and but like did did it not feel like you just got transplanted into like the newer seasons of Degrassi just for a little bit?
2: Totally. all for sure I felt for sure with
0: like i don't know i just all of it like even playful. the way it's shot cuz it, it does, yes it's so much different from everything else and obviously like it's it's to give you a little bit of a break and kind of make you realize that this is still like a child basically in this right. body and and also just being like wild and insane like, I, I it's do not humanizing kinda,
2: her but it's like kind of grounding the situation of what well, she's thinking she is
0: like a person at the end of the day yes yeah. she's doing horrible things but yeah it's kind of giving you like a little bit of that like this isn't a monster this is a a very fucked up person right. i guess to take it well, away because yeah
1: at that point you don't know about the bodies in the basement and all the other people that she's done this to you just think that like Maybe because it's prom night. It seems like this is like a, a special occasion. Like why, why would she have been doing this before for any other reason? Um, which does make the previous times make a little less, more less sense. But at the same yeah. time, there's not a lot of sense in this type of depravity to begin with. Exactly. I was
0: wondering if it was like, like an orphan scenario or something where like she just would go to different schools would be the same age all the time.
2: I was honestly happy that we never got like an explanation. That was one thing I didn't I was really happy it didn't happen because I was like, I don't really like this this person's just fucked up. I don't need to know why they're fucked up to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. The the bright bright eyes was enough for us to like have the reference.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Like it's it's crazy. And like that's obviously her her mom, um, who's also like just a bunch of lobotomies in this movie. <laughs> and uh like let me tell you like that that hammer to the dick scene uh where it doesn't obviously actually end up going there but like that thing comes pretty quick in the movie and let me tell you that scene destroys like watching my friends watch that scene was so much fun it was so enjoyable they came pretty quick oh
2: he's
1: crying he's crying (laughs) oh my
0: god um i mitch i don't know how much like you've looked into behind the scenes stuff on or not or any sort of commentary has robin mcleavy is it mcleavy uh do you did she ever say what her inspiration for her character was because i know she has like there's a very Dahmer moment with the the drill and the hot water but obviously that that is a writing decision not her own so i'd just love to like where she pulled this from or if she was just having like a Taylor Swift moment do you know what I mean like she was just <laughs> yeah. listening to just it and just being like, Fuck, man yeah. you know
1: yeah yeah um no I don't know anything about that but come to think of it that's you just made me feel like more of a human now that I didn't even think of the Jeffrey Dahmer comparison because that's totally what he did and that gives well, me it's hope because he even,
0: even mentioned like the zombies thing and I was just like oh that's a, that's a Dahmerism
1: yeah and then you got the characters from The Descent living underneath her floorboards <laughs> yeah
0: okay uh, so what <sighs> I didn't understand that. Not that I didn't understand it fully, but did they just instantly, yeah, turn into descent monsters? And anytime anything gets thrown down there, they're just like just chew on it. They had cute,
1: yeah, cute. like they were, they were just, they were lobotom, lobotomized. Is that a word? Lobotomized.
0: Oh, wait, lobotomized. So, so they but that just like turns them into monsters.
2: Yeah, the whole zombie <laughs> thing. <laughs> The zombie thing is the one thing I didn't like about the movie, to be honest with you. That was that's what kind of knocks this thing down for me, because like, I can understand okay. that. yeah, I still just, loved... there was
0: just like a pile, like a shrine of dead boyfriend, like skeleton bone, you like skeleton yeah, bones just, <laughs>
1: that would probably like have done it for me. You didn't. Did. The...
2: That's exactly what I thought.
1: Yeah, and I did like that she had done this to a guy, like a white guy with dreads. Uh, well, you have to. They all deserve downstairs. it. Yeah, they all deserve this. <laughs> Do
0: you think they were like, to like do it faster because she was playing that fucking song? <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe they were probably telling her to pick it up because <laughs> hey, can we pick up the pace here. Pick
2: it um, up! Pick it up! <laughs> there was a couple things though. Like there was, I think there was two moments for sure where, for some reason, the shot is in slow mo, and I really fucking hated that. Like when he's opening up like toolbox to grab the, to grab the drill, it like it goes to like. Four frames a second for some reason and it's super weird that took me out of it like I, I, that kind I of shit doesn't usually yourself. bug me that much but like especially when a film was kind of like starting to feel flawless and then something like that something like that happens it does take me out of it
0: okay. yeah I, I i know like i just watched this and can you guys maybe clarify a scene for me maybe i just didn't get it where was that kid like was that was he in his backyard climbing a fucking Mountain and got like uh, that. Excuse question. me, time he was he's then, gonna kill himself?
1: yeah, was he like I couldn't because t- yeah, then the, the dog gets t- home. I thought it was wasn't t- even like in a parkway drive and he was gonna go jump off the cliff. Cause I
2: actually he holds thought...
1: himself responsible for his dad dying. Let me explain this movie to you simple things. Well, no, no, because no, he like
0: he,
2: the, but like if you're gonna go kill yourself, why would you like
0: hold on when you start slipping? I don't know,
2: exactly. I just different, like strength, man. I actually thought it was, like, a recurring thing for him. I thought that was kind of, like, something he does, like, almost, as like, like spot. Um, but yeah. it's, like, a spot, yeah. like, almost not that, like, he, uh, planned on killing himself in that actual moment, but, like, he does that as, like, uh, fuck, what's the word, like, he does it to push himself over the edge, but never all the way to the edge, right. does that make sense? Like, yeah. I was
0: just trying to figure it out, I was like, man, does this guy have a fucking, like,
2: canyon in his backyard he can just go climb around in? Australia. We don't get Australia, man. Australia. Australia. Well, yeah, yeah. Have we have igloos. They have mountains. You in Australia. Yeah. Maybe that's like
0: the most normal thing ever.
1: No, like that's, that's such a huge comment on the movie too, is that like, you know, he starts the first half, the first 20 minutes of the movie is us showing, or the filmmakers showing us that he's suicidal and he wants to kill himself from what he did. Like he feels responsible for killing his dad. And he spends the first 20 minutes of the movie being all sullen, you know, cutting himself to Parkway Drive almost jumping off cliffs a bunch and then he spends the rest of the movie in survival mode trying to live trying to trying to overcome Mm -hmm. it and it's and you see how hard he struggles and speaking of which that Xavier, uh i keep forgetting his name but xavier um the actor his scream is just unbelievable Mm -hmm. like i want to know if they if they altered that and post it all because it's like nails on a chalkboard. Listening to that guy scream and like and that is so important in a movie like this to have it be like it was so blood curdling and it hurt like it was it was so effective.
2: He's a he's a great actor. He's in like this somewhat obscure uh, uh, drama called uh, Two Thirty Seven. It's like a, it's a film about these high school students. It's like I think six stories or something, and they all like intertwine together at like two thirty seven p.m. And I literally forgot about this film, but I I really enjoy it. And looking him up, I totally forgot he's in it, and he's awesome in that movie. I am also a, in the yeah, Twilight Saga. I thought yeah, he was I mean,
1: fantastic in this. Mention eclipse. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he is really good in this. Him and like all of the actors are very very good in it. Um, but yeah, how did
0: you guys feel about the mom? That was kind of like a slow building story that you kind of, yeah. they kind of like breadcrumbed you for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just
0: of, kind of sucks the that there was no like. Uh, well I guess there kind of was a comeuppance but not like directly from like her point of view do you know what I mean
1: oh, like she didn't get to fight back no she was already too far or gone did can
0: really like throw a wrench in the thing she's just kind of like I'm over here
1: well just <laughs> goes to show how manipulative Lola was where she's trying to get her like her dad was more in love with her than he was his own wife and she was so fucking destroyed and manipulative and uh, yeah like even I don't know like there's this is a little off topic from what you're talking about just now, but like, it just made me think of that sex scene again, like the little nugget of him. I'm sorry for even saying (laughs) nugget. It's come time. All the the
0: extra uh, sexual attention from uh, John last week has really rubbed off. Literally. So true.
1: No, but okay. So like, there's like the little nugget of him taking forever to tell his girl, like his girlfriend who asked him to the prom. And like during that sex scene is so clever. Like, I don't know, I thought, because, you know, that's obviously also why her mind doesn't go immediately to that when she's like, "Oh, where's my prom date? And right. why isn't he here? And it also, you know, gave them a chance to extend that sex scene a little bit more. And I know Kyle really appreciated that.
2: Hey, um speak for yourself, buddy. But, yeah, I don't know.
1: I just feel like, how every character experiences some form of torment like there's the mother the emo friend who loves deathcore uh brent like brent mia who thinks that her love stood her up for prom uh like i don't know i just think that there's a lot of little nuances in here that make it a truly great horror movie where it's it's not just this isn't just a torture porn movie or just something uh gross which is what like you know some of my friends they they felt that it was just more disturbing for being disturbed for disturbing sake. And I entirely
2: disagree. Um, but no, I don't have I'm, crayons to explain it to him, So There is kind of like, it's, is that kind of like mean spirited thing going on near the end, which I usually actually don't fucking like, I don't like that I kind of stuff usually. He, uh, but for some reason, the way since it's kind of like contained within those two characters and they're like, so obviously like evil, like it, it, uh-huh. to me it works because it kind of plays off on like i don't know i guess like a good and evil dynamic and their like actual presence on screen is like so boisterous and so kind of zany and, and not quite over the top but borderline over the top and because of that it's hard for me to really kind of like see them as like bad people because i don't see them as people at all basically uh-huh. and, and for me that really worked because especially I like, know we were talking about when she was like scribbling and like, or she's looking through like magazine clippings or whatever. And like the, the soft, the nice music's playing. But when we actually yearbook. get that scene, we've already seen her look at him like passed out in the truck. So we already yeah. know she's kind of crazy. Like something's yeah. not totally right. And it like, I think it cuts to that scene next. I could be wrong of her like in her room, like hanging out. And immediately it's like, you're getting like a compare and contrast of like two completely different like mindsets and that's when this film becomes something completely different and and it kind of it takes that melodrama from like maybe the first half and it mixes it with something that's like like purposefully intense in a way that I don't really know if I've seen anywhere else cuz it is like it it's it's kind of fun in a way like it's it's a hard watch but it's like yeah. there's some like like there there's sort of like moments of like disgusting playfulness that like that kind of deranged playfulness that is hard to look away from Yeah, she lets me. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by.
0: Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good. It though. could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. Get him away! Hey, Boo! Boo!